0: Once again, our honorary starter, Willie G. Davidson, senior vice president of Harley-Davidson Motorcycles. Drivers, start your
1: engines. Fire it up, there, Fire it up. up.
0: All right, Engines Fired, another episode of the XP Podcast underway. Tyler Reddick, Dalton Molinax with you as always. Coming off the 18th race of the Cup Series season, we are halfway through the year. We're just sitting at 13 different winners as Tyler Reddick finally broke through at that first career Cup Series win by out-dueling the best road course racer currently in NASCAR, maybe ever, Chase Elliott, in the process.
1: Yeah, it was an – I mean – we know that Tyler's skilled and and he's had chances before, you know, this season in particular to, to get to victory lane. And and it just hasn't worked for multitude of reasons. It feels like, and it kind of felt that way on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously chase was leading, you know, when he came out of the pits after that final pit stop, you know, he thought, well, dang, he didn't get out in front of him. That's it. Right. That was not it. Mm -hmm. He, He got past him, and then he eventually drove away.
0: It almost kind of reminds me of Chase Elliott's first win at Watkins Glen in 2018. He had to go head-to-head with Martin Trex, Jr., who at the time was basically the best road course racer in the field, and he beat him straight up and got that first career win. And obviously, we know the success he's had since then. And look, we know Tyler Reddick's been very, very challenging for a long time, and he easily could be sitting on three to four wins this season. We look at California, look at Dirt Race, a couple other races. here and there, they've just been missing those opportunities. And similar to Chase Elliott, similar to Kyle Larson, he just kept getting closer and closer and closer, finishing second, wrecking on the last lap, whatever it may be. Now he's finally broken through and got that win. The
1: floodgates may open now. They very well could. And, you know, again, you've, you, you got the win this past weekend. Still 18 races to go this year. I bet he wins at least one more.
0: I definitely think so. Um, their speed definitely dipped off a little bit um, in the se- in the second half of the first half of the season, if that makes sense. Because they came out of the gate so strong. Um, I've slid a bunch of laps in California. almost winning the Bristol dirt race. But in the last couple of weeks, they've been on a little bit of a downward slide. But um, he showed great speed in qualifying and was up there contending, um, you know, the entire day on Sunday in a race that was really really hard to pass. Um, but again, he worked Elliott and worked Elliott and worked Elliott and. Worked Elliott and Finally got around them, and then it wasn't like Chase rode his bumper for the final sixteen or some odd laps. Like you said, he
1: drove away and convincingly won the race. Yeah, and that's and I, was, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know what we didn't talk about this before we started recording, but like I thought, outside of the battle for the lead, I thought the race was a snooze fest. Yeah, not much
0: in terms of redeeming quality. Um, yeah, the, the 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 battle for the lead gives you something to talk about and. You know, there were no incidents, there were no cautions for anything other than stage breaks. Um, And and that's something that you run into with a big track like Road America. When you look at what NASCAR did for so long with road courses only going to Sonoma and Watkins Glen, those tracks are two miles and two and a half miles respectively. They are very small in terms of road courses. So you keep the action tight on top of each other. Same thing with the Road Yeah, it's about three miles, but it's still contained within this one structure at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Once we started going to places like Coda, you know, the um, Road America, we go to the Indy Road Course, it's really big. Now we're going to these big road courses where if you have these long green flag runs, these guys get strung out and it's not as interesting, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's just what, I mean, it's what's unfortunate about it is, you know, there are people that, that love road course racing. I'm not one of them. I've been yeah. very vocal about that for a while. But, you know, there, I, I can realize a good road course race when when it when it is one and and not this past weekend wasn't that again you 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 couldn't pass you know and that's kind of why I figured that once Chase got out of heterotic there at the very end that that was kind of yeah smooth sailing and and you know check out that obviously didn't happen and um you know made for an entertaining finish but overall it was just it just felt like just a a boring Sunday I don't know if I don't know if that's felt or not but yeah. And, and I
0: went back the next day and watched the race over again. And, and, um, you know, even down that last stage, like once you got where Reddick passed him, like I was just basically clicking through fast forwarding to the very end. Cause again, nothing really happened. You had this moment of excitement where, you know, Austin Dillon loses a tire with a handful of laps to go. And of course that's his teammate leading the race. So he just pulls off and gets out of harm's way where there's not going to be debris on the track to um, force a caution there. I do give credit to NASCAR for letting the race, run naturally, you know, how many scenarios we've been in where the race is boring and we see a debris caution or something to spice things up at the very end, they let it play out naturally, Tyler Riddick got his win, Um, but unfortunately, and we'll get to this a little bit later, this may have been the last time we have a race at Road America, and it's kind of a double-edged sword because while the racing there isn't great, the crowd there was amazing. You had like 100,000 people, You know, Wisconsin, this is the first time they've had the Cup Series in God knows how long, and they have fully come out and support it. So you would hate to take the Cup Series away from a place that supports it so well like that. But at the same time, you know, TV, got to have entertaining racing. And unfortunately, and last year as well, Road America just hasn't quite ticked
1: those boxes. Well, and then, you know, adding another layer to it, it was a holiday weekend, but the ratings were horrible. They're very bad. And that, it, that's all part of the formula, you know. It is, and and again, I mean, the the crowd was great, um, much like it was last year. And um, but it's just one of those where it's just, are you willing to move it somewhere else for better TV ratings? And, and and I don't know how. I mean, obviously, it was on the USA Network versus Big NBC last year. Yeah, that's thing. And um, no disrespect to IndyCar, but it's really annoying IndyCar getting in the way of having NASCAR on NBC. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. And again, the the TV partners have their reasons for doing what they do, but um, it does make you wonder, like, when um, we're watching a race on USA and there's, you know, some other non-sport on NBC, it's like, what are we doing here? You know, why aren't we um, taking advantage of this? But going back to what you said there, an important point, it being a holiday weekend. Now, the 4th of July was on Monday, not on Sunday like it was last year, but when you're – NASCAR did a really good job for a long time of establishing certain races on certain holidays. Monday weekend, guess what? You're going to watch the Coke 600. Uh, Labor Day weekend, you're going to watch the Southern 500. And for so long, around the Fourth of July, you knew NASCAR was going to be at Daytona. You could tune in on Saturday night. Sometimes it was on the Fourth of July. Sometimes it wasn't. But you had this identity built into this race. And look, I love having Daytona as the regular season finale. It works perfectly for the format of NASCAR's winning your in system. I get that. But now, and what, since leaving Daytona, we've gone to Indianapolis, um, and now we've, we're doing Road America. And looks like we're going to go to a third place next year. Again, we'll get to that um, a little bit later. But, but now you've completely desaturated, you've completely saturated this holiday for your sport to where there's no identity for it anymore maybe Road America could have been the new 4th of July thing. You know, it's fitting Ro- Road America. It's called Road America, after all. You're in a state park. You know, it's a, there's a lot of elements to it that could work. But if we're going to keep moving this race place to place to place, then the holiday loses its meaning within the sport. And that was a problem that we had with taking Labor Day away from Darlington. You know, we took it to California. We took it to Atlanta. I enjoyed the Atlanta- Labor Day race. But again, it didn't have that identity that the Southern 500 had will NASCAR eventually bring Daytona back to 4th of July weekend? Who knows, but you're going to have a real tough time establishing any other race with the credibility and the like appointment factor that Daytona was, you know, people nowadays aren't going to know that there's another race on if Daytona is not on 4th of July weekend.
1: Right. Well, in your question about, will they bring Daytona back to the 4th of July weekend? I don't, I will say, the one way they could, if they wanted to, because like you alluded to, the, the good thing about having Daytona is your final race is, you know, if, if some, you know, Michael McDowell goes out there and wins, he bumps Ryan Blaney or or Kevin Harvick out of the playoffs. You're like, wow. It just creates that level of chaos. Right. How about this? What if you moved Atlanta from, you know, if you put Daytona back on the July Fourth weekend, made Atlanta the regular season finale. There's, you know, and we'll we'll discuss how we both think that Atlanta could be a little bit different um, this go around uh, a little bit later. But I, I mean, if you want chaos, you want like this super speedway type, bring Atlanta back into the fold.
0: Yeah, that certainly presents another opportunity. And obviously, this schedule change was made two years ago before we knew what Atlanta was going to be. So yeah, now that you have this quasi super speedway where you can still have talladega in the playoffs you can still have your spring races of daytona and talladega and now you have this atlanta x factor i think that could be a possibility will it happen i don't know because again even even with D- atlanta being this um super speedway now daytona is still a really big selling point they pulled right. a good rating for this race even with it in august but again right. talking about and i don't even know does nascar want to create that
1: identity on july
0: 4th I don't even know. This is just speaking from a fan's perspective. But if they did, you're not going to be able to top Daytona.
1: No, not at all. So what they'll do,
0: I don't know. What I do know is that the cut line for the playoffs is getting extremely interesting. Here's something to ponder. Right now, we have obviously 13 drivers locked in. We have eight more races to go into the playoffs. Ryan Blaney is sitting second in the overall standings, and there's a realistic chance that he might not make the playoffs if we have three different winners in the next eight races. Yes. He's one of them,
1: obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's what you look at. We, we have, what, a couple more road courses in Daytona before the end of the regular So in the
0: next eight races, we're going to go to Atlanta, we're going to go to New Hampshire, Pocono, Watkins Glen, uh, the Indy Road Course, um, Richmond, uh, Michigan, and then Daytona. And I'm I'm really curious. Michigan could be kind of a super speedway-esque wild card race itself. We have no idea what to expect at a place like that. So, really, you have a great mixed bag over these next eight races where anything could happen.
1: Right. I mean, I, I've said all year long a guy I thought that was eventually going to get to victory lane would be Eric Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you, like right now he's outside of the playoff. You throw him in. Maybe Michael McDowell does something crazy at a road course. Chris Busher yeah. does something. Road course. Boom. Now we go to Daytona at the end of the year and blank, like you said, second. What if he's what if he's leading the points? Is is there any kind of stipulation there? So
0: when they initially went to the sixteen driver format, there was in the writing that if you were first in points without a win, you would get into the playoffs. Now I've not reviewed it since they updated it with the stages and the playoff points. I imagine that is still the case. Um, and if Ryan Blaney was first in points, that's something that's nobody's nobody's really talking about. That let's say we have 16 winners, but Ryan Blaney's first without a win, then we would have 15 winners, and I guess Ryan Blaney would take up that 16th spot, being that he was the regular season champion. Because you can't give somebody the regular season points championship at Daytona, give him the trophy and the 15 playoff points, and then not having them in the
1: playoffs. Yeah, for real, it'd be like telling the Yankees, yeah, y'all can't participate in the playoffs this year. Right.
0: Now you're good. But, but that is something else to ponder, too. Even if he finishes second in the regular season standings, that's 10 playoff points that w- would just be gone, that nobody would get because he's not in the playoffs.
1: I would like to know if they're worried, like if they, if they truly are worried. I think you have to be. Especially with how
0: much the Fords have struggled this year. And you look at, yeah, Joe Logano's got his wins, but those have kind of been – random out of nowhere type of things ryan blaney i'd say has definitely shown the most consistent speed of the forwards but he hasn't shown that race winning speed yeah he showed a little bit at the beginning of the season but in typical ryan blaney fashion they've kind of fallen off as the year has gone along now he's a very good super speedway racer so a race like atlanta daytona right for the playoffs certainly play into his hand but you know it's just not been the best season despite the fact that they're sitting second in points
1: well, I mean, so I, I pulled the points up now just just looking, you know, Blaney, Truex, Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, Eric Almirola, mm-hmm. Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Michael McDowell, Chris Busher, Justin Haley, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba. All of those guys are cup winners. Yes. That have not won this year. Yes. You know, look what look what Eric Almirola did last year at New Hampshire mm-hmm. out yep. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think I, I doubt they'd admit it. But I, I if I was that twelve team, I would be nervous as heck.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, with just this X factor of not knowing how this car is gonna race, Atlanta is the first track that we go back to for a second time. But again, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, Michigan, Pocono, the other two road courses, you only have two tracks that you're gonna go to over the next eight weeks that you've actually seen so far this season. So those others again are just question marks that we don't know how they're going to race. And again, when you talk about the straight up speed, the Ford's just haven't really had it this year. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen, but this is what the next gen car was, was designed to do. It was supposed to level the playing field. It was supposed to give us this unknown element going into every single week. And the fact that we're sitting 18 races in the season and no driver has more than two wins and nobody is in the twenties in terms of playoff points speaks to how well it's working right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting for sure.
0: Um, obviously, you have a little bit to clean up with the racing at the road courses and short tracks. NASCAR has been testing the uh, running without the diffuser at places like Martinsville. That's gotten some good feedback um, from the drivers. When that gets implemented, I don't know, maybe implemented for the playoffs, but you certainly have to do something at some point to prevent what we saw on Sunday, where it was a very, very hard race to pass Yeah, yeah. Saturday did not lack excitement though, because the Xfinity Series race made a whole bunch of headlines. And uh, we'll go ahead and start off. Ty Gibbs wins uh, by outdueling Kyle Larson. Does in a very clean way. Doesn't use the bumper. Just basically outdrives him. Forces Larson into a mistake um, on the last lap. And I'm not going to say Ty Gibbs has made a complete 180 to what he was earlier in the season, fighting with Sam Mayer and, you know, turning Ryan Sieg at Las Vegas and all that stuff. But he definitely understands that what he was doing wasn't right. And he's at least acknowledging that and trying to be better. And on Saturday, again, he ran a clean race. He won fair and square. And uh, I can't be mad at him for that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's what you have to do is just – you. He's a young driver, and, you know, he's definitely got into some hairy situations so far this year. He's 19. Like, he's not even 20 yet. Exactly, and I think that's where – I think it's just for me anyways, you've heard about him for a long time. And if he was not Joe Gibbs' grandson, it, it, that's that's like the biggest part of it. Yes. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that, you know, he took – the defending cup series champion to school mm-hmm. and, you know i mean it was just there's no there's no disputing his talent he is i think he could seriously i think he could go to cup next year and win he's yeah. not going um but he's just talented and it showed on saturday
0: honestly it was very reminiscent to me of when chase Elliott won his first what was then the nationwide series race at darlington 2014 followed that up, uh, or he won at Texas and then followed it up at Darlington the next week, but he did it by outdueling, you know, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, two obviously very successful Cup Series drivers, like that was kind of the moment everybody looked and said, that guy is going to be a good Cup Series racer, and maybe you've already had that moment with Ty Gibbs, but if you needed more convincing, and again, you don't have to like the guy for his personality or what he does off the track, you can't right. uh, Ty Gibbs is an extremely talented race car driver, who's going to be around winning races and probably championships for a very, very long time to come. Yeah. Um, but when you look at, and I know i Mark Shrek's juniors resigned for 2023, but it's like, okay, you know, he was teetering on the edge of this year. Maybe 2023 is the last season. He, he's, it's coming to an end very soon. Um, you know, Denny Hamlin has talked about his career coming to an end before too long. What do you do with Christopher Bell? I mean, if everybody else can win and he doesn't, do you give him the boot like did Eric Jones? And, you know, you know, you're tired of that experiment too. Like there's a lot of options for Ty Gibbs, not to mention 2311 opening up or under the ride or whatever. So he's biding his time. He's going to get a Cup Series ride by 2024 at least, no doubt about that. Um, But whatever he's going to get in is going to be good. And when he gets there, you know, I think it would benefit him the best from being well-seasoned in the Xfinity Series.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Somebody that hasn't matured very much, unfortunately – is uh, Noah Gregson, and the story coming away from Saturday was his incident where he and Sage Karam were racing side by side and banging doors, racing hard, and Noah decided to erect his payback by just driving inside of the 44, which turned Noah, the 44, kept going. He, was, he kept on going, um, or he, he got caught up in the wreck, too, um, but Noah got the worst of it there, spun around. The whole field gets collected. Um, you know, there's 14 or 15 cars in that, um, Brandon brand looked looks like he was pretty banged up. No messed up really, really bad here.
1: That's putting it lightly. Um, you know, I, I'm never a fan of intentionally wrecking a guy. Um, let me rephrase that. Hold on. <laughs> let me rephrase that for a second Cause I know there's record on here that I said that they deserve payback, but I don't even in, wrecking a guy and it can be dangerous
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so i guess i'm being a little hypocritical here but it's like you know if you put a guy into the wall at martinsville or whatever you know the odds of injury aren't that great you know on a road course though you know things are tight you know you intentionally wreck somebody and then you know i believe there's 10 plus cars in the wreck yeah i mean they blocked the entire
0: track it looked like a, a bomb went off the cars that were piling in there
1: well and then and then you and then you hear it was brandon brown right that was mm-hmm. that was out of his car like trying to catch his breath and just yep. you know it's just it's, it's not cool and you know i get being frustrated and but th- like you said like th- noah has got to be better than that you know he he's he's a good driver we know that um wanting to make that jump to cup next year potentially full-time mm. you know stuff like this you can't do any I mean Dale Jr. was critical of him this week as well you know just talk about how stupid it was you know you can't just intentionally wreck guys just because you're being r- raced hard it doesn't work like.
0: I think one thing to point out here is both sides are at fault to some degree here I'm not going yep. to like Sage Karam is the world's cleanest racer. He had a reputation in IndyCar before coming to NASCAR. He was very aggressive and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And he was racing Noah very, very hard, using him up, banging doors. Uh, I heard from some other things that you know the cameras didn't catch it, obviously, but he was racing guys very, very aggressive throughout the field on Saturday. So it's not like he didn't have something coming. But again, it goes back to, if you're Noah Gregson, be smart. If you're yeah. going to pay him back and take care of him, analyze the situation, do it better. If you punt him going into turn number five and send him off into the gravel trap, we're not talking about this. If you turn him on the entry to a corner and back him into the wall, we're not talking about this. But to hit him at one of the fastest parts of the racetrack where it's extremely narrow in front of a pack of cars, you know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess my thing too is you know, Noah's a championship caliber driver yeah. this year. Sage Karam is not. Yes. Okay. okay. This is going to be the only track that he will probably be in your area code. Yes. You know, get frustrated all you want to, but move on. Mm-hmm. Kick it this weekend in Atlanta. Yep. You know, just move on. I, I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. It, at the end of the day, it's just stupid and it's dangerous too.
0: And I'll give no credit. I mean, I think he understands what he did was really, mm-hmm. really dumb. He just reacted to it in the moment. And, look, we've, he's a very emotional guy. We've seen him react to things the wrong way before, but nothing quite as egregious as this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the question was, what's the penalty going to be? What's NASCAR going to do? They came out today and said that they are fining him. Owner's points, 30 driver points as well as $35,000 now NASCAR had to do something because you can't just let this slide and say, okay, you know, because that gives a message to everybody else that it's okay to do this kind of stuff, which it's not. NASCAR had to do something. Honestly, does suspending him a race even do anything? Like, does that really hurt him? He's already locked into the playoffs. That race doesn't necessarily matter. Um, I mean, yeah, he's not going to have the benefit of gaining points or whatever. Um, I think what they did was fair. I heard some people saying, oh, you should have taken away playoff points. That I don't agree with because playoff points are specifically earned for winning races and winning stages. And if you are say, okay, you lose 10 playoff points, well, now you've taken away his two victories. And that's yeah. – I, I don't agree with that. I, I like the 30-point penalty um, because that is preventing him from possibly getting playoff points at the end of the regular season. So it's consequences down the road. Um, But again, NASCAR had to do something. I think this is fair. Um, You know, I don't think they should have gone farther. I don't think they should have been lighter. I think this kind of falls right in the sweet spot.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. So,
0: again, you have to set some kind of precedent that this is not okay. And and NASCAR is a sport built on you know rough driving and paying people back. And God, they're I mean they're going to use this in highlight clips to promote upcoming races. We already know that. Um, But you can't just do it stupidly. Where you're going to potentially get people.
1: Yeah, Texas Motor Speedway has probably already got a billboard going. Oh, my God. Texas Motor Speedway is praying
0: that some kind of accident like that can happen in the races this fall to make them remotely interesting. That's true. Again, if you thought we're going to have Texas slander in the middle of July on the UpSpeed podcast, you thought wrong. There was always room for Texas slander.
1: You came, you came to the wrong podcast. You didn't think that was going to happen.
0: Uh, looping back around to what we were talking about a little bit earlier as we kind of get into our news stuff here. Honest thoughts if NASCAR is truly done at Road America. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not going to be mad. Yeah.
0: Um, again, I, li- I like the venue. I like the setting. I like the fact that a lot of people came out and it was very well supported. Um, again, just it just doesn't quite fit. And the unfortunate part, and this is the ongoing debate of you know, should we have cautions at road courses or should we have stage cautions at road courses, Uh, caution laps at Road America take forever. And the Xfinity Series race on Saturday, I think it was the end of stage number one, they had the caution that came out with like three to go. And based on the rules, NASCAR had to run those three caution laps and then open pits and then go through all that stuff where you end up with like this 15, 20 minute caution flag because you couldn't restart within the three laps in the stage. Like we're getting a little bit ridiculous at this point, especially at a place like Road America, where again, it's four miles. So right. you know you're already giving up a lot with having the short distance lap wise by having the stages in there. Right. So the looks like almost guaranteed replacement at this point, they've not had the news conference. Apparently that's coming on July the 19th. It looks like NASCAR will be going to the streets of Chicago for the next three years, 23, 24, and 25, racing on a Chicago street course on what we assume is going to be the 4th of July weekend race. Um, and again, we've talked about this before. Street course in Chicago, street course in general for NASCAR just doesn't quite tick the boxes for me because I'm not sure if it's actually going to work.
1: Yeah, I, I just I think street courses for NASCAR are worse than road courses. Yeah. hundred percent. We have
0: we have seen before. a street course in the cup series again
1: and you're talking about driving
0: on city roads here like this isn't a perfectly smooth road america or Watkins spin yeah. or something like that there's a lot of question marks about driving on the streets of a city in a cup series car yeah
1: you know i i i, I thought going to coliseum was dumb okay i love it I'm, I'm glad we're going back i thought the roval was the dumb mm-hmm. dumbest thing they'd done in a long time i thought stage racing was dumb you know so there's been a lot of things that i i thought initially came out you know i guess i'm just the old man on the front porch that yells at clouds but it's like you know i just my thing's like if it ain't broke don't fix it and like i guess this all just goes back to for me anyways like losing the bristol spring race like i'm still salty about that and i just i look at it and it's like why go you know why go back to Chicago when just a couple of years ago you got rid of Chicago land like I feel like number one that's just a slap in the fa- a slap in the face to all the employees that work there that were laid off yes and it's just like one of the reasons you know the, one of the reasons that you didn't want to go back there was because you said the crowds never showed up then why are you why are you going to do a street course up there
0: yeah and I think I think the first time they do this next year it, it'll probably be well attended because it's such a unique thing that has never been done before. But I don't think you're gonna get the lineage and the legacy of having this event sold out for years and years to come. The only positive here, and what we talked about a few minutes ago with Road America being this big, huge track that doesn't fit well with Cup Series cars, you have the potential to design this however you want. And you could make this a two mile street course. You could make this a mile and a half street course. Heck, if you wanted to make it a short track around a city block, I don't know. But NASCAR has the opportunity to build this around what we know this next-gen car can do. And that is my only hope for this race, that they come up with something good that'll at least put on a good show.
1: Well, and I think you said this a couple weeks ago. You were like, Chicagoland might actually be a solid racetrack now. We're in this area. You know, Mile and a half are good. <laughs> it's just a bummer, you know? And again, like, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously the official announcement, like you said, should come in the next couple of weeks. Uh, We'll see, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, year two, I'm like, man, we gotta go to that street race. It's like, maybe I'm not, I don't know, just to wait and see, I guess.
0: Yeah. Again, it's kind of one of those things If this works, then NASCAR suddenly it's opened itself up to go to countless media markets that don't have racetracks. So I understand the experiment. I just don't know if it's going to work. Right. One more piece of news. I should have touched on this at the top of the show, but now's as good a time as any. Uh, prior to this weekend at Road America, uh, Richard Children's Racing announced that they would picked up Tyler Reddick's option for next year, which means he will be back driving the eight car in 2023. And that's pretty significant because he was a name that um, a lot of people were talking about going into this late season in 2023, um, you know, with like the 10 car being open. Nobody's been signed for that yet you know, what's going on with Kyle Busch. He hasn't officially been resigned by Joe Gibbs Racing. And, um, you know, Tyler Reddick, much like uh, Kyle Larson a couple years ago, everybody recognizes his talent. There's a lot of team owners that would love to have them behind the wheel of their car. But if he's going to be in another ride, let's kind of wait until 2024 because if the first racing, they brought him back for at least another season.
1: I'd say that's a pretty successful option pickup. Here's something that
0: uh, I, I was thinking about while watching the race on Sunday, I didn't know if I wanted to include this or not, I feel like Tyler Reddick's win on Sunday was more impressive than all three of Austin Dillon's previous wins. Am I far off on that? No. Let's, let's see. We have a fuel mileage win, Coke 600. You turn Eric Amarillo on the last side of the day, turn 500, and then you stay out on a restart at Texas where nobody can pass he did beat Tyler Reddick in that race, but like at no point has Austin Dillon won a race where I was like, man, that's a pretty convincing.
1: No. Did that on Sunday. And to be honest, like I can't even think of a time when Austin Dillon led a race that you're like, man, when was the last time that he did really lead a race on like just straight up speed? Maybe in Xfinity days. I don't know. I mean.
0: I, I'm, I'm having a tough time. The most impressive thing Austin Dillon's ever done was, was it in last year's playoffs, or maybe it was in 2020, where he had, like, that really good first round where he had, like, two second-place finishes. It was in 2020 because it was when Harvick won at uh, um, the Southern 500 and Austin Dillon finished second. But, like, outside of that, like, yeah, he, he runs consistently. But, like, I just have a feeling that, you know, by the end of next year, I think Reddick's going to really – outshine his numbers quite a bit and i say that these two guys are relatively close in points but when you look at it on a head neck comparison reddick's been running tremendously better than dylan all season yeah but i guess todd reddick doesn't have a reality tv show so
1: No. no
0: i still haven't watched that by the way me neither i told myself i was gonna watch the first episode just to like see how bad it was and i completely forgot it was on and at this point i'm like you know what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. If you, I've seen enough reality shows on the USA Network to know exactly what that was going to be like, I'm not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. So with that, let's go to our picks for this weekend. The Cup Series is going to be at Atlanta, Xfinity Series as well, while the Truck Series is off at Mid-Ohio, their first ever trip there. And when you talk about road courses, that would be really good for the Cup Series. Mid-Ohio is kind of like a short track of road courses. If you're looking for yeah. a road course, that might be an
1: option. Yeah, yeah, definitely would be.
0: So, Saturday uh, in the early afternoon before the x Series race, the trucks will be out at Mid-Ohio. Who is your pick? By the way, the truck series only has two more races to go until the playoffs here yeah. in know in a couple weeks. And then their playoffs start at IRP.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I picked him in a little bit, but I think Chandler Smith is the guy that could have put himself in position. Obviously, road courses, we know that. Um, you need to be able to get up front and work the strategy, and, and with having to win, he'll be able to do that.
0: This is a very tight road course that the Truck Series has never been to before. I think we are going to be in for a carnage-filled race, as a lot of Truck Series races end up being. And somebody that benefits a lot in a carnage-filled race seems to be Ben Rhodes. In fact, the Daytona Road race last year in a carnage-filled race. So I think it's perfectly in his hands where he gets his second one of the season.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now the Xfinity series on Saturday at Atlanta super speedway where Ty Gibbs won earlier this year on a very exciting late restart. Again, this is kind of a wild card. You could pick anybody in the field. Um, Which way are you going?
1: Yeah, I think you need, you know, you need teammates to run with, you need manufacturer, you know, potential there, not as much necessarily as, Daytona and Talladega, but I'm going to go with the guy that's been running well uh, of late, Josh Berry.
0: Okay. That's a good pick there. Uh, you know, now this is a super speedway. College racing, very, very good on super speedways. Uh, he really needs to turn his luck around. Not that he's having a bad season, but to be the defending champion, it's certainly not been a great season. I think Daniel Henrik's got to get himself to victory lane on Saturday. Yeah. He was one of those cars that was caught up in that melee uh, this past weekend, by the way. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Now the Cup Series on Sunday, 400 miles as opposed to 500 miles, which I think that's the better option. That 500-mile race took about four hours back in the spring with all the carnage. So hopefully this one goes by a little bit faster. Hopefully the fans in attendance don't roast because it's going to be hot on Sunday With that, a chance of a thunderstorm late in the afternoon, as we know. Um, That being said, as we officially cross over into the second half, of the cup series season winner number 14 or does somebody finally break through and add to their already uh number of
1: wins i think we're getting winner number 14 this weekend and it was a guy that ran well in uh earlier in the season when we were at atlanta again you know not sure how the race is going to play out this weekend you know mm-hmm. hotter you know probably more slick whatever but uh, I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace. He's been in the he's been in the news for all the wrong reasons lately just kind con- of <laughs> uh, with his crew and you know he's got a good car and he's a good driver so I think Bubba can can pull it out this weekend.
0: Well I love that pick I was actually gonna make that pick myself now go to my second option. Um, if you wanted a positive for Bubba he is getting the 20 pit crew this weekend. So the team that keeps leaving his wheels loose, I think seven times this season, will not be pitting his car. It'll be a different pick crew from the Joe Gage Racing Stable. So, yeah, great pick. He ran extremely well before getting caught up in the late wreck um, back in the spring. So I definitely think Bub Wallace has a good shot. I'm going to go with the guy that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Ryan Blaney, very, very good at super speedways. Ran well there back in the spring as well. Came up a little bit short there at the end. Um... I mean, these guys were working together at the end of the race. They they won it for the both of them. Um, But no, I I think this will play perfectly into Ryan Blaney's hands. We talked about this with the spring race in Atlanta. It wasn't as much of a wild card as a typical Daytona or Talladega where, you know, you have Corey LaJoy leading or, you know, like BJ McLeod up there or something like that. This was really like Kendrick, Penske, you know, Gibbs. This was like big names up front really controlling this race. So I think we're going to see more of the same on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So excited to see what happens as we finish the crossover in the second half of the season. And then after that, seven more races to go until we get to the playoffs. This is shaping up to be quite a final ten races of the season. Mm-hmm. So can't wait to see what happens. We're we'll back next week to break down all things Atlanta and then look ahead to New Hampshire. So for Adult Mullinacs, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.